Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We're in a state of flux. We're watching everything. And on top of that, the economy, not just the campaign and what the pandemic has done, but what's left behind, what's inflation and what's something else and how much will we get back? Joining us is John Keogh, founder and managing principal with Chantala and professor of practice at McGill Center. Welcome, John. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. And thank you for having me. You know, we've seen a little bit of a contraction of the economy and we keep looking at these supply chains and shortages of things. And it's cropping up in everything from uh, people who want to buy a canoe to people who want to buy a bike to uh, things that are needed to build computers. Have we figured it out yet? Is this is this real inflation? Is this something that's going to hang around? I don't think we've we've figured this out yet. Uh, in fact, it's very very complex. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. It goes across so many different sectors, and it impacts uh, so many different countries, especially the countries that are the prime, you know, low cost manufacturers like Southeast Asia. Uh, so we have a problem, and this problem is going to extend into next year for sure. How is this going to affect our country? What are we most vulnerable with here? Well, if you look at our imports, our imports actually hit a record in in July up to, I think, $53 billion. So that was actually an all-time high. So there has been a little bit of a spurt of uh, products coming into Canada. But if you look at those parts and you you break them down, so two-thirds of that was uh, motor vehicles and and parts, Um, electronics was actually up 8.5%. So sales of of those will, will subsequently increase. But consumer goods in general, broadly, was down about 5.3%. And other non, non-COVID-related uh, pharmaceuticals were all down. So uh, nine out of the 11 product sectors were up and two were down. So I think our automotive uh, will, will be strong, so other sectors as well. Um, consumer goods will continue to, uh, to struggle for sure. If, if you look at some of the countries that are supplying them to us from, you know, Southeast Asia, um, if you look at Vietnam, you know, I lived in Vietnam. And what most people don't realize is that Vietnam is actually the number one exporter of uh, things like coconuts, Brazil nuts, cashew nuts, even cement and cinnamon. Uh, so every time we, we, we think about these products in our kitchen or in, in, in products that we're, we're cooking or baking or preparing, uh, if Vietnam can't get the products out, it will impact us across the board. How has the pandemic affected this? And now this Delta, this fourth wave, just putting another block in a problem here. Yeah, well, the, the problem we had from uh, earlier this year with the Ever Given in, um, in, in, in the Suez Canal points to one of the problems that we have here. And that, and that is we, we lack systems thinking. You know, we, we constantly have this thought in our in our minds and our brains. When when we actually use the term supply chain, we we you know the, the 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 connotation is that we have a linear supply chain, but it's actually very very complex. And what we don't realize is that even with a product like bringing wine to market, 
Uh, one of the uh, projects that was done at APEC, this Asia Pacific Economic Collaboration, where Canada is a member, uh, with 20 other economies, they looked at wine, just bringing wine to market, and was they identified 70, 70 different services that are actually required to bring wine to market. Now, if you if you extrapolate that and you start looking at all of the different products that we bring into Canada, you also have a significant amount of services. So it's not my point is here. It's not just the raw material. It's not just the factory. There's a whole community that's built around each factory. And, and there are specialists that could be quality and external quality auditor. Uh, in, in the case of food, it could be an agronomist, uh, someone that's doing pest control. So it's actually very, very complex. And this is the part that we haven't figured out yet. We haven't figured out the systems thinking component. What do you mean by that? So what could we do to the systems thinking component? Well, the, one of the biggest issues, and we're actually addressing this at McGill with the protein industry cluster in Canada, we're looking at developing the future Canadian uh, uh, agri-food digital ecosystem, which means that we need to have the systems talking to each other. So if we, look at, if we reflect back on last year, most people would have said we have a food security issue. Now, food security means essentially in simple terms, we don't have enough food to go around. But we always had enough food to go around, but we just didn't have our systems interconnected. And in fact, the problem that we had was a visibility problem. We just we had enough food. We just didn't know where it was. So in, in looking at addressing this in Canada, this is exactly what we're trying to uh, figure out. And what we're also doing is we're looking at how can a, a farmer, because 80 plus percent of food in the world is produced by small uh, smallholders. So if we look at how can a small farmer in Quebec or a group of farmers in Quebec get their product to the market if, you know, if the retailer, the main retailer is shut down. So we're, we're looking at building those communities where a, a local farmer can provide uh, fruit and vegetables or their produce and even their meat to local consumers, local restaurants and, uh, and local, food local food service broadly. So we, we have a long way to go. Yeah. And the cost of things. Should we buckle up here? You know, we've seen this contraction, all these stumbling blocks and challenges that you've talked about. Are are we in a place where we should just expect to pay a lot more for shipping? You know, it's it's been such a luxury for, for a long time. Yeah. Shipping shipping containers have increased astronomically. Something that used to cost, you know, $5,000 is now over $20,000. So when you break it down to the per cost item for some goods that maybe cost three, four, five hundred dollars, you're talking about adding a couple of hundred bucks to that. Uh, it just it, it's not feasible anymore to do that. Plus, the big issue then is getting access to the containers. So you know, as it's getting very popular to build houses and restaurants and you know trendy places uh, for trading, like in in Toronto, uh, using shipping containers. But, yeah. We actually have a major shortage of them worldwide. So getting access to the container is one thing. And then if you're exporting to some countries, let's say you're exporting food. Now, Vietnam exports about 70% of its fresh fruit and vegetables to China. In the past, uh, pre-COVID, that was difficult enough to get products into China, believe it or not, uh, with the inspections that were required. But now... Uh, to ship a container of, uh, of food and vegetables from Vietnam into China, you have to have COVID testing on the mm -hmm. contents and you have to sanitize the actual container itself. So there's a lot more controls that are being put in place. Now, if you look at what's happening in Canada, uh, we're, we're at home. Uh, we have been at home for 18 months, right? So 
uh, you know, a lot of us have engaged in retail therapy. And retail therapy is actually quite good for us. Mm -hmm. But we've spent too much. So the issue is not on the demand side, it's on the supply side. So we've actually bought much more than we need. But when you think about that, we, we have home offices now. So we need tables, yeah. we need chairs, mm -hmm. we need computer equipment, uh, you know, monitors and so on. But all of this comes from Southeast Asia. And now they're being hit with the fourth wave. So countries like Vietnam have what's called a, a three-in-place scenario where they'll only, you know, they'll, they'll actually ask workers to live together, physically live together in the factory. But there's only about 30% of those factories can actually have that sort of capacity with the physical distancing that's required. And, and many of them have had to, uh, to shut down. So, but the problem, the problem here is compounded because if they can't, if they don't have workers to, to, to produce and they can't export, they're also not going to be able to import. So Canada could get hit by uh, reduction in, uh, in, uh, in its exports and imports into countries like Vietnam. And, and the, uh, the other way around is, is also valid. John Keogh, founder and managing principal with Chantella and professor of practice at McGill Center. Thank you, John. I think so. I don't know whether you cheered me up or made me more concerned, but we're glad you were here. Thank you. Thank you. For Alex Pearson on this Tuesday, I'm Arlene Bynan, Global News Radio.